exclusive. Another wonderful, loving edition of Longbox Small Talk. I'm your host, Bill Kurtner. Directly across from me is my funny Valentine, Rod the Bot Heron. How you doing, buddy? I am awesome. Yeah. Especially since the red beard is coming back. Yeah, I know. You're doing it again. Yeah, ginger beard returns. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it now. Uh, the first time was the trial run. It was the trial run. And then now I'm like, yeah, I can live with it. Now I got to start learning how to trim and oh. you know all that kind of stuff. I should probably learn how to do all that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just let mine grow wild, like the forests. Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of like uh, Gandalf meets Billy Gibbons. <laughs> Billy, Gan- <laughs> Billy Gandalf. Billy Gandalf. So, <laughs> Lord, it- take me downtown. I'm just looking for a hobbit. <laughs> so, what'd you do this weekend? Anything? Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. And it's wonderful. No, I, I really just relaxed. I watched uh, Full Metal Jacket yesterday. Oh, I love that movie. One of my favorites. Um, Kingpin is in it. Yes, um, I watched. Uh, ooh, we watched Crimson Peak. Oh, okay. Uh, it's really good. It's uh, it's got some good moments. It's more of a thriller, but it has a couple scary moments. That's cool. Um, uh, other than that, uh, not a damn thing. Just relaxation. Yeah. It takes all your energy to grow the beard. That's well. That's what I do when I don't have the kids. I yeah. concentrate all my energy uh-huh. to my uh, follicles to grow the beard. Uh-huh. Uh, I did a lot of reading, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, I went on a mad reading tear and caught up on a lot of stuff and read some new stuff. What about you, man? How was your your Saturday, dude? Uh, my Saturday was awesome. I went to Toxic City's ner- uh, Nerdy Speed Dating. Nice. Yeah. So well, wait, like, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You're married. I went as a uh, supporter. Oh. Yeah. But they had a really good turnout. Like, shit, like 30 people were there, like, playing games and stuff before they started the nerdy speed dating. Nice. And uh, it was nice seeing some of those nerdy guys, like, really, like, oh, I can talk to girls. And, uh, now, it, was, it was awesome. How many women were there? I think, at, because I left right before it started. Yeah. Um, I think when I left, I think there was 10. It was 8 to 10. Wow. So, pretty good wow. turnout on the, on the female side. Nice. And then all the dudes were already there, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey guys, uh, hey guys, why don't you put your fucking match, match of the Gathering cards down and go see if you can get some Snatch. I think you know? most of them were playing <laughs> Hero Clicks, to be fair, which is way cooler than Magic. Hey, hey, hey fuck hole, put your, put your giant Galactus down, maybe you can get laid once, you know? Well, I I think it may have worked for a few of them because uh, I know that numbers were given and numbers were taken. Nice, so, yeah, nice. So and then uh, also great for Toxic City being a local comic book shop. They also got on the front page of the uh, Daily News, which nice. is a local newspaper. Here. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Some good uh, good promotion uh, for them for those guys. But also this weekend we went and saw Deadpool. Did you see Deadpool? I did see Deadpool. Holy shit, Let's dude! Just get, you know, do you, want to, do you want to jump right just into jump Deadpool? First. All right, go ahead. What did you think? Deadpool's awesome. So we went to AMC 30 again. I did too. Which is right. Did, did you? Too. What day did you go? We went Thursday night. Okay, we went Saturday. Yeah. Unlimited slushies. Did you get in on the unlimited slushies? I did slushies? not get on the unlimited slushies, but I did have two gift cards, which ended up paying for my night there. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. So I had a kind of a weird night there, though. It started out weird. How so? Like, I, I went to buy my unlimited slushie. Okay. And um, they were like, okay, so if you want an unlimited slushie and a large popcorn, you get another unlimited slushie for free. So I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Okay, double fist some bitches. Exactly. I mean, don't well, share it. Don't share no, it. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, one don't. was for my wife, but I drank most of hers, too. You puss. So 
It was just like a refill cup the for Ameri- my cup. The American dream is to double fist slushies and get a blowjob. <laughs> While in a theater. Hey, uh, <laughs> call back. Yeah. So, um, so I'm like, how much is it? She's like, oh, it's $30. Mm. I'm sorry, what? So what? For, I almost spit my water out. Are you fucking kidding me? For a large popcorn and a large icy, it was $30. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound right. Can I get a receipt? She's like, oh, I don't have receipt paper. I was like, can you get some? She's like, I don't know where it is. What the fuck you? No way. I swear this happened. So I walk away like, what the fuck kind of business is this where they don't have receipt paper and the employees don't know where it is? So I see someone walking by that looks semi-official. Yeah. And I flag him down. I'm like, hey, I just checked out over here. Um, we bought one large popcorn, one slushie. Uh, we're supposed to get the other slushie for free. Uh, and it was $30 for just these two things. Didn't make sense. And I told her kind of the story. She walks over there. She goes, oh, well, did you also sign up for the, uh, you know, the AMC whatever card? And I was like, yeah. She said it was free, so I went ahead and did that. Oh, no, 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 that's $12. It's like, that bitch told me it was free. She's pocketing some cash. I don't know what was happening. Some shady shit. She's fucking you around, homie. But uh, that, that supervisor was like, oh, she's, it's her first day. She didn't know shit. I was like, well, how many other people has she done this to? Take her in the back and beat her. I mean... Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> just grab her by the ankles and shake her upside down. Yeah. See what kind grab of bloody falls out. Slam her against the wall. All right, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bill. <laughs> like, well, dude, on, okay, on your tip, I took my two kids and my girlfriend, all right? I got a large drink. She got a medium drink. One of the kids got a, a medium drink, and I think one of them got a water. Four pretzels and a large popcorn cost me $42. You have to fucking take a loan out to take your family to the goddamn theater. Yeah. It's insane. But I will say that Deadpool in the theater is the only way to see it. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I, it was a lot of fun. Especially that intro. The, did you see it in the IMAX? I did. I did. I just saw it on the regular, and I thought, it, I thought it was really good. The intro was incredible. Yeah. Um, now, I will say this. I feel like the IMAX, it being such a big screen, and me having to turn my head and focus, because I, I was a little bit closer, because you know I love that bar. Yeah. Got to have my feet up on that, that bar. bar. That bar lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> but with IMAX, that bar is a tad bit close. Yeah. So you have to turn your head and focus. So I think I missed some action. There was some like action that was a bit too fast for me. Well, yeah. I, that's why I didn't want to see it in, in IMAX, because mm-hmm. I, I felt like this is one, you want to make sure you can see everything. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was damn good. I thought it proved you can do an R-rated comic book film. I mean, we already saw the. What did you say? The budget was fifty-eight million. The budget was. Uh, it was fifty-eight million dollar budget over this past weekend. It's made one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, and they projected it to only make sixty million. Yeah. So I mean, either way, it was going to be a profitable movie, but one hundred thirty-five million blows their expectations out of the water. And then what? They greenlit the sequel. They already. greenlit the sequel Thursday. Thursday, the yeah. same day that it came out, and they're, yeah, they're already saying they're saying, okay, well, we're gonna have cable. Yeah, uh, I really like the film. I, I think my only concerns are I think they push the vulgarity, and I, this is me saying this. Yeah, that drops the f bomb on Chevy's, you know, G rated podcast. You know, we're gonna start talking about dicks and stuff. We did a lot worse than that on Chevy's podcast, <laughs> but I think the vulgarity could have been turned down a little bit, not a whole lot, but just enough. That it was necessary. Some of it was a bit over the top. But it was an over the top film. You know. I felt they stayed true to the concept of the character. He broke the fourth wall quite a bit. Um, the I, act- I feel like he actually broke the fourth wall more than was needed. 
I mean... Oh, no, no. If you go read... No, no, no. I know that yeah. he does it a lot. But, I mean, he did it dozens of times throughout the movie, it seems. Yeah, but if you read some of the series, he's notoriously... Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was interesting. They didn't do the internal monologue. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a good idea. Yeah. So, we're not going with that version of the character. Um... Well, he doesn't really do that a lot in the comics anymore. They've, yeah, they've, they've, they've simplified that, it they've a little bit. Back. Yeah, which I think is great. It makes his character more relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that Bob the Hydra agent showed up. Mm-hmm. That that really like when he said, "Bob, I haven't seen you since." I'm like, "Yeah, oh my god, is that Bob the Hydra agent yeah. of all people?" It's uh, a great little cameo. I loved it, and I hope he shows up in a Marvel movie later as a Hydra agent. I, that'd be great. That um, would be awesome. Uh, that was my only thing was the vulgarity. I thought. You know, the action was incredible. Mm-hmm. For a smaller budget film, they really did a lot with it. You know, and, and I will say one thing. I was telling a coworker Friday about it. I said, you see a good portion of what's in the film in the trailer. There aren't really any surprises. Aside, aside from some of the, the, the gag stuff, mm-hmm. there's really not a lot of surprises of what the beats are for the film. Like, mm-hmm. you get an idea. It's his origin, and there's the big, the, the what you're seeing in the, in the junkyard, that's the big finale. I liked it. I want to see what they do as a second film, especially if they bring Cable in. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be great seeing Deadpool, because this movie really was an origin movie. Yeah. His whole aspiration during the movie is to kill the person who created him, which is yeah. Ajax, uh, played by the same guy who played uh, Dahari, no, Har, da, Daria Naharis. I know. Fuck. It's a mouthful. I know. Daria okay. Naharis. The damn Game of Thrones names. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, why are there like three apostrophes in your name, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you really need three apostrophes in your name? I need to take a, a break in between saying the, the first and second part of your name. Fuck you, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you've even got too many initials in your name. Yeah. But anyway, Ajax, I feel, was a really... He played that character great yeah. for someone that I don't give a shit about. Yeah. You know, like, both both the, the main baddies in, in this one... Um, Angel Dust, yeah, uh, which they call, just call her Angel, I think, yeah, and, and Ajax are really like E-listers yeah. in the comic book. Like they're they're not the top rung no. heroes or villains that you could have chosen for this movie. But they did great with sixty million bucks, and I, I love the fact that he even called it out. He's like, oh wow, I wonder why I only keep running into you two X Men. You know, <laughs> it's almost yeah. like my studio couldn't afford. To buy more. I was shocked. I was really shocked they didn't have Wolverine show up. Uh, he did more ways than one. I know. I know that the, there were, and there was a lot of mentions. But I thought with all that, you were going to see either the ending was going to, or the 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 cut scene was going to be mm-hmm. was going to have Wolverine in it. I was real shocked about that. But for look, I mean, first of all, they they totally take Colossus and make him to be. The, you know, the most annoying character in X-Men history. Are you serious? I fucking loved him. I, I loved him, but but the way they set him up is kind of like the overly caring father figure. Yeah. I mean, versus Deadpool and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Well, someone needed to be the responsible adult in Deadpool. Yeah, sure. uh, but I thought it was cool that they really, they did that with the character instead of making him the, the, the quiet badass he usually is. Yeah. Um, or whiny. He's whiny a lot in the books. True that. I'll give yeah. that. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a good film. It shows that you can do these R-rated now, um, which will t- tag us in later after we're done talking about this about where I think mm-hmm. other franchises are should or are going to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll definitely get into that. But I will say this about Colossus. Um, that fight scene with Angel Dust, yeah. one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen in a comic book movie. 
I mean, it was realistic. It yeah. was dirty. Uh, I mean, there were ball punchings. There were, like, eye scratchings. I mean, they went all out. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to hit a girl. And then, like, hits her, like, a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> And there was that weird spot in that fight scene where it comes to a complete and jarring halt, and it's fucking yes. great. Like, I don't want to ruin that. No, because, you don't want to ruin... No, that was amazing. Just look out for it. You really can't yeah. miss it. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's the greatest fight scene I've ever seen in a comic book. Was that a helicarrier they were fighting on? Yes, it was. <laughs> there were tons of little callbacks and things. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Deadpool, in some of the pre-promotion, his character really likes Hello Kitty, the brand. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and you see, like, a Hello Kitty pin or yes. something in, in the, the only, Rex scene. It's the only thing he follows on Twitter. That's right. I was going to mention it. So he only follows Hello Kitty brand on Twitter. And then, you know, obviously, like, millions of people yeah. follow him. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, I thought that was a great call. Yeah. He also, there, I mean, there was a Green Lantern reference. Rob Liefeld was in the bar. Yep. Um, the coffee cup in the original intro Rob scene. L. Uh, Rob L. The street signs mm-hmm. uh, had uh, a the bunch. Other, the other creator. A couple of creators. Uh, Fabian. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I can't this, pronounce last I name. Never, it's Fabian N. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you for having a hard name. Uh, it's it's excellent. And and so... It, oh, the Wolverine action figure? That wasn't Wolverine. No, no, no. I know it wasn't Wolverine, but the Wolverine Origins action figure for Deadpool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I was going to say, yeah. Follow along, Bill. Well, you said Wolverine figure. I'm like, that was a Deadpool uh, figure. It was, a, it was a Wolverine figure that Deadpool was made into. Anyway, so moving right along. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I loved all those little callbacks and shit. Uh, dude, whenever he was like, oh, we're going to go meet Professor X. And he was like, which one? McAvoy or, or Stewart? <laughs> Like that was hilarious. Yeah, it's like that that like fourth wall awareness that he's in a comic book movie yeah. is just is just awesome. I, I love Deadpool. Um, or in the ID in the beginning, mm-hmm. they you see Ryan Reynolds and it's a picture of Green Lantern. Yeah, you gotta do. You, they had to do it this way. They had to take a piss at these movies, and it is it's great because it's showing not only. Can you do it? There's an audience for it. Now, obviously, there's fucking big one. Obviously, there's not a made a August audience that would. I mean, it would probably get lost. I don't know, dude. I don't think I don't. I, I take that back. I yeah. think if you could have put that bitch in July, and that would have made money. I think you I could think put people, it any any time of the year. I, I and think, Deadpool would have yeah, made money. But I think the same bet is to put it either in February, January, February, or September, and they're going to make tons of cash. Let me ask you a question. Did you have a lot of kids in your theater? Uh, except for the two that I brought? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, like us, the, tons of kids were in our theater. Like, they weren't loud or anything, but... Well, that's the thing. I had a lot of people telling me, well, it's an R-rated movie. Why would you take kids? And I said, okay, The Matrix is R-rated. Okay? Mm-hmm. They don't... In 1999 R-rating, they haven't made any differentiation between the two. Mm-hmm. So, The Matrix had karate fight and had karate fighting and had violence and had a couple of curse words mm-hmm. how is somebody going to know if they didn't do the homework i you know i didn't think it would be nearly as vulgar as it was going to be mm-hmm. now my my son obviously can handle that my nine-year-old daughter was this, she was giggling her ass off she could because she's hearing all this stuff yeah and i said just don't repeat it you know, there's not much you can do. Well, she's probably giggling that she knows what all that shit sure, is, she, and you're just like, "Hey, you don't know what that is." Shut yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> you don't know what it smells like for two homeless men to fuck in a shoe <laughs> oh, or piss. God. You don't know what that means. Oh god. This leads me to our next subject. Yesterday, which was Saturday, uh, Hit Fix put out a video with uh, Drew McWeenie talking about how people are now starting to review 
seeing early cuts of uh, Batman v Superman. And now I'm starting to get validated by people saying, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, although we did get to see the third trailer. So we're going to tie these two segments in. Mm-hmm. Um, the third trailer was cool because you straight up got a 30-second Batman action scene. Yeah. And it is the best Batman action you will ever see. It's That is very true. Like, that Batman was the truest Batman that I've ever seen. You've never... Like, that is the closest we've ever seen to, like, Batman the Animated Series fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think they got that, that close. No, because it wasn't as fast and it wasn't as, as fluid. Yeah. Like, this is just it's perfect Batman. The, the consensus that other reviewers and other people like us are saying is the exact same thing I've said for about a month. This is not going to do the, as well. They, they, it has to make a billion worldwide to be a success. They think it'll if it barely makes that, it's, it's going to barely make it. Um, that it will push back a lot of their ideas, like the Cyborg movie, mm-hmm. the Flash movie, um, Wonder Woman's film. They're finished filming or about to be finished. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out. But it'll push back JLA by a while. Like, it won't come back. Um, the estimates are that people are saying that it will definitely push a Batman standalone film out fast. Like, they will they will get with uh, Affleck, because he's saying he wants to direct it. I think he should direct everything but the action, and they should hire Zack Snyder just to do the action shots. Just like the fighting. Mm-hmm. That fighting shot, those fighting shots were dope. Yeah. Uh, but let him film, the, like, the, the story and, like, all the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. But let Zack Snyder in there to do the action. He can handle that, and I don't. I don't dislike Snyder. I like Snyder, but I, I think this movie is going to be too big to put in a two hours and forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And don't I don't think we necessarily need it. I don't think it's really needed. No, I, not, I don't not, think so either. I think that they've jam packed this full. Yeah, and it needs a good edit. Yeah, it, it needs a hobbitification. It needs a one movie into two movies. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I, but you are right. The third trailer is probably the best DC action I've ever seen. They should have stuck that as their beginning trailer. That well, should have been the only one. I was actually thinking about you. I was when I first saw it. I was like, you know what? That should have been their first trailer. And then I was like, well, what if these people were slow rolling us? What if what if they were like setting the bar low, putting out these kind of mediocre trailers, and then waiting for you know a few months out, hitting us with something good. And then really getting that boil on. I disagree. You don't I think, think so? This is reactionary. Okay. The, because we were told after the second there wasn't going to be another trailer. Mm-hmm. And then they redacted that and put another trailer out. Because, because the, the, everyone said the first and second trailers were horrible. Well, the first trailer got oohs and ahs. Like, oh, hey, that's cool. You know, yeah. Batman and Superman. But it didn't show anything. Mm-hmm. The second trailer was a big wah, wah, wah. So they did the third one. No, no, uh, no doomsday. Not a lot of... When you see Wonder Woman, you're kind of trying to get a little bit more of a character out of her now. Yeah. And then the fight, the whole just the Batman. Like, now I'm looking and I'm like, why don't you just make this Batman, you know, Batman <laughs> meets Superman. You know, yeah. in little letters. Superman in little letters. So, <laughs> you know, and it's like... And the beginning is a trial of Superman and Batman's mad. Batman's got to fight him. And then Wonder Woman shows up and there's a villain and we're done. But now you're going to shove Aquaman on the Flash and... Oh, it's too much makes my head hurt. But I will say that Deadpool has now shown the world that darker R-rated movies can be made of these characters, and they're equally successful. So now, 
what they were saying on the show and what I'm saying is this will put back the, their whole projected lineup mm-hmm. where they're going to do two Justice League films. It won't happen. They'll do one. But I think it'll make them look at some of their other characters. Like, they keep saying they're going to do a Shazam movie and that The Rock is going to play Black Adam. My theory, if you're listening, just do a Black Adam movie. Black Adam's origin and then seeing him today and try to go on like a Darth Vader type path where he's he's a bad guy that's getting that's got to find redemption. And he, you know, Black Adam in the comics joined the JSA. So it's it's perfect if they do a Justice League movie, it's a perfect way for him to kind of fold into that. And you've got somebody that can come into it. And I think The Rock can hold the movie up. I think he can. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if The Rock... I want him to be able to do that. Because, I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the guy. Yeah. He's a damn good athlete and he's a damn good actor. Um, to me, he was the star of uh, Pain and Game. Yeah. Pain and Game was awesome. Yeah. I absolutely I loved him in that movie. I love that movie. And I hear he's really good on that new HBO show as well. Ballers is great. Ballers? Yeah. Okay, he, yeah. he holds... He keeps Ballers moving. Okay. Um, see, I just I don't see Black Adam as a character to throw money at. Ooh. He doesn't. He doesn't have. He doesn't have the same kind of name recognition yeah. as Deadpool or the something Rock like that. Does. The Rock's got the recognition. You put The Rock in a superhero movie with DC, people will come to the movies. But put it out in January, February. Put it in September. Put it in a low tier in the in the, in the dead months. It'll make 130. Make it make make it a big epic looking film on a small budget. And you will, you they'll have dividends out the ass. They'll be doing sequels. Well, I think that's what Deadpool did so right is they took that small little budget and did some magic with it. It's crazy. I mean, especially for having a CGI character, they had great. And I also heard they had to cut seven million like the week before they started filming. So that was just like, oh shit, we need to cut some stuff. And that's why you have like a, a slightly shorter movie than that's than okay. Normal. We don't need two and a half hour movies all the time. I can take a one hour forty minute movie. As long as it's good and I'm entertained, mm-hmm. that movie went by fast. Yeah. It was fine. Now, I'm going to tell you, getting back on the subject of what DC should do, mm-hmm. Black Adam, and if they want, they have a character that 20 years ago was on the same, had the same fan base as Deadpool does now, and is kind of their antithesis, their, their Deadpool, and that's Lobo. Lobo movie. Should make all you have to do is make the make a movie like the Lobo, the first Lobo graphic novel, The Last Sarnian. Yeah, I would shit tax if they made a Lobo movie. I'd like, jerk off in public if they said they're going to make a Lobo movie. I, I think you would almost have to to yeah. go see that movie. Yeah. Like, that's a prerequisite for I, seeing Lobo. I, I, because there, this is begging for it, especially now that Lemmy Kilmeister's dead, who the character is kind of based on. Mm-hmm. He's kind of Lemmy from Motorhead. So... I think you gotta you gotta do this movie. This is if, D- if DC comes to me and says, "What should we do?" You take your take all that JLA money. You fuck. I don't care to see a Flash movie. I don't care to see a Cyborg movie. Just calling it out there. Aquaman. You want to see an Aquaman movie? If they're gonna make Aquaman like Game of Thrones, where it's a little more, it's got some depth. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down because I think you can do some cool shit underwater. I don't think a, a, an underwater film has ever been made well. Like, because imagine that you would have to CGI an ocean around a character. The Abyss did no, not. No, 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 no. No, the Abyss did not do well. 
Uh, Waterworld did not do well. Well, even those movies, it's not really a, an underwater movie. It's a They're surface under, movie. No, they, they, the they, abyss is under. It's all I, underwater. I, I know that, sir. <laughs> but all the scenes are shot inside the, the sure. underwater base. Now, I imagine an Aquaman movie would be a lot of, "Hey, I'm king of Atlantis. I'm swimming around the ocean and yeah. not breathing." You know, I don't know how they would play that. I mean, they're starting. They're going to start filming pretty soon. Oh shit! <laughs> so I mean, I you know, as I, hope said, they, I hope they listen to this before they start filming. Like, hey, let's turn it down. Those LST doesn't want us all, to do this. All joking aside, I don't think they listen to us, but there, but there are the voice of the of the fans is out there, and the fans are saying, "You probably got a bad idea. You probably need to pull back." Like, the Flash TV show is super popular. Why do a movie? Flash, a Flash movie is boring. I completely agree. I mean, I can't get into the show. Do you think I'm going to sit in your fucking theater and watch two and a half hours of? Some guy in red running around fast. I mean, <laughs> Cyborg is a great character as part of an ensemble. In a fucking standalone film, who the fuck cares? Yeah. I don't. I'm going to see a black kid turn into a robot and go save the world. Okay, big fucking deal. I've seen RoboCop before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I agree with everything you're saying for the most part. Yeah, like a lot of those DC characters, they only work as an ensemble. And 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 my point is, is JL, Justice League... Is going to be really hard to do. To have a villain that they can all fight. If it is Dark Side, that's one thing. That's that's a big movie, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can't just. It's like trying to fuck. It's it's like if you started fucking without without any foreplay, and it's like we do Batman v Superman. It's like you meet everybody. You're on the first date, and the next thing, the next you learn their names. Yeah, you learn someone's name, and the next date is going straight into anal. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh... We skipped a few dates there. Yeah. It's like, wait, who the fuck is this all-powerful guy in a two-hour, 40-minute movie? Mm-hmm. We have to introduce more characters and introduce the idea of a, the planet apocalypse and the concept of dark side. Yeah. Do you think they're going to touch that on that at all in, in Batman v Superman? There's a shot which shows him. We don't know what that is. We don't know if that's a dream. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that's... Now, a- you say shows him. Dark side? Yeah, you haven't seen the still that's been on the internet for now, weeks? Now, I've seen, I've seen his Omega symbol carved yeah. into that cornfield, and I've seen the parademons. I haven't seen... You didn't see it. It's a, it's, a, it's a shot of his back. Uh-huh. He's standing on a cliff, and you see the Omega symbol. Okay. That's dark side. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know that they actually have shown him so far. That'll be interesting if they can do that, but I'm worried that in Batman v Superman, we're already talking about too many characters being crammed yes. into one movie. Yes. I can't imagine a Justice League movie... Um, that does do all those things and has, you know, eight characters in I it. I can't imagine Avengers Infinity War being that big as it is going to be. Even if they say they're killing off some characters in the next couple movies, I can't. I still can't fathom how do you get all these characters into in two movies and make it work? Well, I mean, the way I feel, uh, we're talking about Infinity War way too early, I feel, but I think since they are doing two parts, if you've ever read the Infinity Wars, um, at some point, he basically just kills everybody. He's like, I am God. Yeah, I can kill everybody. I don't, I would have thought. They're gone. Like, I don't need to do anything to kill you. And I think that's how the first movie's gonna end. I think it's gonna end with everyone dying. It's gonna be a very dark beginning with a slight ray of hope in an Adam Warlock character or, or you know, Silver Surfer or someone. Um, that's going to really kind of bring everyone back and then do the final battle. Well, Strange was, I think it was Doc Strange that was able to hide people somehow and then bring them back. 
Uh, I don't. Infinity, I don't really remember that, Infinity but Gauntlet. but I do remember like everyone just hanging out in a, like a big waiting room, and Adam Warlock was just like, "Hey, chill here for a couple of days, and yeah, uh, I'm gonna go some, see what I can do." Yeah. And I think that's funny. I, I kind of hope that's the beginning of the first movie. We're just like all these like hundred million dollar actors are sitting around in a room like playing cards. Yeah, um, <laughs> but action packed. But yeah, my 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 goal, my my dream is a Lobo film now. I didn't think it was possible until now. Now when you see it, you're talking, you know, a, a couple of shots that are like the cantina scene from Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, intergalactic motorcycle. And if they could make it a parody movie of our favorite sci-fi, that would oh. be great. Because that's kind of what Lobo does. He's kind of a... He's like a Deadpool in space with a yeah. sense of humor. But it's also... It, it parodies a lot of things. It parodies everything in It's DC. awesome. Because that was a turning point. That was 1990 in DC. That was a turning point where they were... You were just starting to get uh, the Vertigo line. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of stuff that was kind of on the cusp. Like Animal Man... Doom Patrol, they hadn't come up with a Vertigo tag yet, and so there was all this stuff that was very gray and on like almost adult, and and Lobo definitely was. Yeah. So there's so many Lobo stories they could tell. Like if if Last Zarnian works, um, so many. You know when he goes on vacation, when he kills Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Okay. Don't do that one. Don't do kill Santa one. Claus. Put that as a Christmas movie. Do that one. That's awesome. No. To end the Deadpool talk, uh, this morning Scott Lang went to Twitter and is saying that he is the only guy to play that can play Cable. And when I went and thought Scott Lang, Scott Lang from Avatar, I'm like, God damn! Of course he's the only guy to play him. Like someone the other day said Liam Neeson. I've seen fan art with Liam Neeson. Already. I don't want Liam Neeson. It's too. I don't either. There's too much. Scott Lang though, perfect. Uh, so if you go to Longbox Small Talk uh, Facebook or you find my Twitter, you can find uh, Scott Lang. Uh, I think it's I am Scott Lang, his Twitter, and also 20th Century Fox, their Twitter. Uh, please take take 30 seconds and tweet them and say, go look at him. If you remember, if you even if you don't like Avatar, if you saw Avatar and remember the bad guy, the the military guy with the scars on his face, that's the guy we're talking about. He's an incredible actor. And he look. I mean, you don't have to have any makeup. The guy looks like freaking Cable. Yeah, I gotta admit, like whenever I first like saw your post about it, yeah. um, which we'll we'll reshare in the yeah. in the in the blog about uh, this episode. Um, but yeah, so Scott Lang, I had no clue who he was when he first said that, and then I went and looked at him up, and I'm like flipping through pages of yeah. him as Cable already, and it's been a day of this campaign. Not even a day. Yeah, he released it like at midnight. It, he looks fantastic. Yeah. He's going to be Cable. He's Cable. So go, make it happen. And, and that's something else. Again, it, it puts us in the year of fan service where the studios are listening and they're saying, well, this is the guy they want. He's not going to cost a ton of money. No. And he looks like the guy and can act his ass off. Stellar actor. This is still like the the year of fan service. This is the year. This is the time. It is. I think the next couple of years are going to be fan service and it all crashes. So... <laughs> Sorry, it jumped into my head. Um, is there are, are there like trick orgasms like competitions? I don't know. Is there is there like an adult competition like an adult Olympics for orgasms? Yeah, I was just thinking like fan service. Like if you had like a trick shot where you came into a fan, the fan blew your load in a different direction. Yeah, like that would be awesome. 
Why aren't there cum Olympics? <laughs> is my question. There are. Bill. There are. It's called you porn. Well, I know what I'm going to do after this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Google. I'm going to Google cum Olympics and see what oh. pops up. Don't worry though. I'm not too ballsy. I'm not going to Google image search it. <laughs> I'm not going to Google image search it. I'm, oh. I'm, ju- I'm just gonna just gonna search it. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Craig from B-Movies and Ebooks. And if you don't know about B-Movies and Ebooks, it's basically a podcast between two lifelong friends. We cover horror movies, cult movies, and B-movies on a bi-weekly basis. And also, we talk about the latest genre fiction we've read. So after you get done listening to this fine episode of Longbox Small Talk, head on over to iTunes and search for B-Movies and Ebooks and hit subscribe. It's easy to do, you'll be entertained, and you're going to find out about a ton of titles you never even knew existed. So what you got? Uh, nothing, man. What, what did you uh, did you pick up anything this week or read anything? Uh, I I've gone back and been reading stuff that I, I needed to catch up on. Okay, um, and I'll do quick, just real quick ones. Uh, uh, Warren Ellis has been doing the uh, Dynamite's James Bond series, and it's called Varger V A R G R, uh, Varger Varger. Anyway, uh-huh. it is excellent. It is. I think this is the material they should use for the next set of James Bonds. Instead, it. It, it it's a slightly different version. It's a little less sexy, um, and they kind of get rid of a lot of the tropes. And but the action is all there, and the 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 villains are different. It's not your typical Bond villain. It's really cool. I recommend it. If you the art is incredible. I don't think that I've ever read anything from Warren Ellis that I didn't like. Um, I don't think there's anything that he puts out that isn't good. I mean, uh, Transmetropolitan. Still to this day, one of my favorites. Oh God! And how how close they were right to what the future would be. I know, frightening. Yeah. Um. uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Something that I just found out about yesterday, I had no idea was being made. Uh, The Shaft movie and book series from the seventies. They have comics. Like a continuation of his story. Actually, it's the the first miniseries that I read is the prequel. To the first film, where it kind of shows John coming back from Vietnam, and he's uh, trying to find some work, and he meets a girl, and he falls in love, and I don't want to spoil it, but then he starts developing his detective skills. Okay. Um, If I grew up, I grew up watching Blaxploitation on the weekends. I love Blaxploitation films. Shaft, Trick Turner, uh, uh, Black Belt Jones, that's... That's the stuff I grew up on. See, I thought Black Dynamite was the closest we were ever going to get to like a Shaft movie again. But that was that was a parody of all those. Yeah, um, and, and I, I love I, it. I love Black Dynamite. Yeah. I love it. But those films are you know no budget black superhero films from the seventies, and they're awesome. They you know they created the archetype that Sam Jackson has been using for twenty five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like Shaft, if you like the movies. Or if you if you've even read the books, and I even found out there was a Shaft TV show for a season. What year? In late seventies. Oh, okay. And you can find it on DVD, and it's more family friendly Shaft, uh, which I know is hard to believe. Yeah, um, like I can't even imagine. That's not Shaft to me. That's just like a really nice detective. That's just Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, really good. Like I recommend. Uh, let me think. What else did I? What else did I read? Um, Wonder Woman seventy seven. DC Digital. This is really cool. If you grew up in the 70s with the old TV show with Linda Carter, this is a complete 
continuation. All the way down to the outfits, to Steve Trevor having the, they go to a disco and Steve Trevor's got the open shirt with the hairy chest and the medallion. Uh, Sexy. Yeah, uh, straight up. Does she still spin when she transforms? Yes. Oh. Yes. And they do their best to cover that uh-huh. in, the, in, the, in the book. Uh, the art is really, really nice. And it just feels like a 1970s uh, Wonder Woman show. So uh, if you get a chance, I've read the first few of those. Go buy them on DC Direct. Excellent. Um, one last thing. I got caught up on Fight Club 2. Holy God. Yeah. You said you stopped at issue five. Yeah, I stopped once it... Because, okay, in my head, there was a sequel already made for, for Fight Club 2, so I went into it with an expectation. The first, like, three or four ep- uh, issues met that expectation. Yeah. They were like, yes, this is more of what I wanted. Um, him trying to get back into Fight Club after being out of it. Yeah. Uh, just spectacular read. And then it gets to issue, like, five or six... And oh. it goes off the fucking rails. Oh my god! Like Ozzy on the crazy train, dude. Holy shit! It's amazing. They go meta. You see in like issue five, you see them. the The characters are texting and talking to uh, to the writer Chuck Palahniuk, and he's like, "Oh god, what do I do now?" And he's he's going through his meta crisis, trying to figure out what to do for this thing. Um, the crazy shit they pull. Absolutely insane. Bringing characters back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I fuck it. I'm gonna give away. I don't care about this. Meatloaf's character, Robert Paulson, is a zombie golem that they can call up from the grave. Oh my god. Okay, I didn't even get that far, and that makes me sad because that 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 t- says exactly what I was afraid of. It was gonna do. It was gonna take what I loved and ruin it. And that's what it started to do at issue five, and that's why I quit reading it. I, I maybe I see it different because they also brought Chloe back. Chloe's back, yes. okay. And if you don't remember who Chloe is, she's the one who basically is dying yeah. in, the, in one of the um, one of the groups, one of the groups, and she wants to have sex with someone real yeah. kinky before she dies. So she's she's the one with all the sex toys and lube yeah. in her apartment. The animal nitrate. Yeah, there you go. Well, she they brought her back, and why? Why? I don't ask why. I just was reading this thing. I, I couldn't stop reading these issues because I had to go through five issues and I was like, oh my God. Like, this is incredible. They, This is like Andy Kaufman on methamphetamine's absurdity and surrealism clashing. I don't know what to do with it, but I know that I want it in my life. To me, it reads, especially once you start getting into those later issues, yeah. it reads more like a dream that they tried to write and and... And, and do the art for her you had as really they were fast, dreaming. Really fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. It, it got away from me. It, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'm dying I, to see the next two issues. It, you know, if they bring it back around, I'll read them all. I, I, I just... I love... I love when people take risks with art. And this is something that got embedded in the culture. Again, this came out 16 years ago, the yeah. film. And was part, like the Matrix, was part of the culture and is part of the vernacular now in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I completely and agree. They bring up, you know, in the middle, I think it's in five, four or five or six, you know, Marla's going to all the different like bite club and write club and reading club. And, you know, the first rule of bite club is you must take a bite, you know, of food. And I think it's funny because it is, it is 
taking all the parodies we saw over the years and making fun of man, being able to make fun of itself yeah. and understanding that they were part of the joke and now they're yeah. in on the joke. Yeah. Um, that, well, that was well said. I, I, I love it. I think it's I, you need a good dose of absurdity every now and then. I, and I need nonlinear. I, I, I love things that are just out of this world. Um, there was an authority-connected comic called The Monarchy that had uh, Jackson from Wild, the um, Stormwatch. The black guy from Stormwatch. Okay. Holy shit. You talk about out there. Like, the issues don't make sense. Like, unless it's a 12-issue series, and the only thing I can think of is is they didn't tell the people that there are... The, the connective tissue to each of these is in another comic and another time. <laughs> like, 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 you're not... You don't know. Like, there's stuff going on. There's a little connective tissue, but you have no idea. Like, all of a sudden, some magic shit shows up. You're like, what the fuck? And the thing is, is I love it. I eat up absurdity. I eat up surrealism anytime I can because that's my... That's kind of my, my well that I like to draw from. And Fight Club 2, go it pulls from that. There, instead of... I mean, I, I can't see how you could make a straightforward sequel. But if you make something batshit crazy like this where... I don't want to give away what t- you know what Tyler yeah. is, and I know what it is. Uh, it's insane, and I love it. And I know, I know, to other people, it doesn't make sense, and it's terrible. Yeah. But I love it, and so I, I highly recommend if you like things outside of the norm, go pick up Fight Club Two. It's got two more issues. I'm dying to see how it ends. Uh, one last thing that I read uh, because it is, I got to bring it up because it totally redeemed itself. Batman number forty nine has brought itself around. Um. New art team, and it's the close to the ending of the arc with Mr. Bloom. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, if you've read 48 and 49, they're incredible. Um, they're really bringing the character back. They're also tying into the way, if you go way back to Longbox Small Talk, I explained that in Detective Comics, um, the big anniversary issue, they did a little tiny story about Batman in the future and cloning. Yeah. And then the future's in actually tied that in. and That was like the fourth or fifth episode. Okay. Yeah. They have the machine in this issue. That's awesome. Um, and there are ties to another future. You start seeing alternate... You start seeing further down in the future. And that looks like that's what's going to happen. I'm so goddamn excited. Like, show me something. Show me another version of Batman. We know this Batman. We know the grimy Gotham. We know all the ins and outs. Show me a future Batman. Show me giant mecha Batman. Show me, <laughs> show me, you know. Something different. Something new. Anytime you try something different, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to come to you and go, I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm going to give you a pat on the back for trying to do something different. So, uh, definitely, uh, you got to read 48 and 49 of Batman. Get ready for 50 because Batman will be back. Uh-oh. Oh, no. It's that time, sir. I'm seeing Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. But you got to say it. Oh, I'm going to. So, this time, I, I do have another game. Another From the Halls of Obscurity. Right. Yeah. And this one is a Valentine's Day theme. Oh. Since today is the Valentine's. Okay. Um, happy VDA, sir. Happy VD to you. Yeah. Um, so, let's just... Go right into it. Um, the rules of from the Halls of Obscurity. I'm going to give Bill five different characters, one at a time. I'm going to give him a little bit of a bio, tell him what company put out that character and around the time that it debuted, 
And, uh, and he's going to have to tell me what power they have mm. and if they're real or fake. Because, yes, I made some of these bad boys up. So let's kick it off with a Heartbreaker, DC 1997. Burt Bellingsley, despite a face only a mother could love, took on the moniker Heartbreaker during his bid to become leader of the Bloodhaven Underground. During his first fight with Nightwing, Heartbreaker took a bullet through his cheeks, making his face even more grotesque. He is assumed dead from Bloodhaven's destruction during the events of Infinite Crisis number four. What are his powers, and is he real or fake? Um, he's real. Okay. Uh, powers, I'm going to say... I'm going to say some kind of super strength or some kind of healing, uh, super healing. Okay. So you said real very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you I think he's Night real? Wing. I read Nightwing. So you, so you know he's real for a fact? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's one of the villains. I, th- I think... I think that's some. I think something like that happened. In okay, there. like zero to a hundred percent. How sure are you of that he's real? I'm gonna go seventy-five. Seventy-five. Okay. Uh, okay. It's been a while since I've read Nightwing. It's kind of a pussy, uh, you know, estimation because really? it's, it's kind of right there in the middle. But okay, you know, I'll go. Cool. I'll go eighty-five then. You eighty-five? All right. I'm eighty-five. Okay. That's a little bit better. That's a B because plus. I, the original Nightwing series came out in like ninety-nine, two thousand. Okay. It's been about sixteen years since I've read it. So. All right. So. uh... Heartbreaker is a brute of a man with extraordinary strength and skills in grappling. The bullet fired through his cheeks freed Nightwing from his deadly embrace. Um, he's fake as shit, sir. Well, I got one point. You did get one point. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, extraordinary strength. I'll, I'll give you that one. Okay. The healing was, you know, fuck off. But the strength part, yeah. Yeah. So uh, your next one is pretty easy. Cupid, DC 2004. Uh, and by the way, I usually don't show a lot of love to DC... Pretty DC heavy this ah. time, so you might you might do better than than normal in this Valentine's Day edition. So uh, the next one is Cupid DC two thousand and four. First introduced in the pages of John Constantine Hellblazer as Cupid, this demonic being spread fear and death throughout the suburbs of Philadelphia by preying on lovers who were too public with their affections. Once under the effect of Cupid's power, it was only a matter of time before the offending couple met their demise. Hmm. I like this. You're having to think for a second. Okay, so you said Constantine. Yeah. This would sound like some bizarre mid 2000s Constantine. 2004. Yeah. Um, okay, so under this power, they met their demise. So if they're out being amorous, he doesn't have the power to make them lovey dovey. Damn. I think it's real. I'm going to say real. Okay. What would you say his power would be? I don't know. That's a hard one. I don't know. Maybe it's a... Uh, so how would you kill couples may- that pissed you off if they were being, like, making out in public? I don't know. I I, I like public displays of affection. <laughs> so I, I don't mind it. Like, if I get close to this, I can count this as them that's touching right. me, too. That's like a three-way, son. <laughs> Old three-way curtainer. Um... What would you do? I mean, I don't know. You said it's a demon? It's a demonic being. A demonic being. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just going to say fire. Makes fire. Controls fire. So it sets their hearts on fire? Okay, something like that. I'll, be, I'll take it, because that makes sense. Something on fire. Um, and so, it's real. 
And it, oh, it's real? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cupid turns out to be a demon twisted into believing he was helping these young couples. In the form of a homeless child, he would spy on couples and amplify their love so that they wanted to be as close as their love makes them feel. Constantine found one couple who ate each other, another who hugged with such ferocity that they tore each other in half, and yet another who died exhausted from nonstop lovemaking. That's how I want to go. I think that's how everybody wants to go, yeah. honestly. Um, and you said real. Yeah. Uh, he's fake as shit, Sarah. I made that up, too. Oh, shit. Man. One point. One point. We're not doing very well so far. I'm not feeling the love on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one, um, I, I love this next one. Okay. Dr. Hormone. Uh, Dell Comics, 1940. So old school. Old mm, school. Okay. Dr. Hormone began fighting the Nazis, the Klan, and Razanov, the donkey-eared evil dictator of Eurasia in popular comics number 54. One of the first oddball characters of the Golden Age to fade into obscurity, he only lasted a few months in popular comics. <laughs> Bill, you're fucked, sir. <laughs> Dr. Hormone. Hmm. <laughs> the look on your face right now. I hate you. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I think he messes with people's emotions. Okay. He makes people emotional. That's what I think. Because it's it's uh, the 40s. It's not going to have anything to do with sex. So he makes people emotional, angry or sad or happy. And so, so he's like a master of emotions? Their, manipulates their emotions or their mind. One of the two. Okay. And I'm going to say he's... I'm going to go real. Fuck it. Okay. Roll the dice. <laughs> You've been wrong so far with the reels. But, I know. What, so you want to go real this time? Let's just go real. All right. So Dr. Hormone, a man who appeared to be 25 but was really 75, was a great American chemist who had unlocked the secrets of life and death many years before. Um, it was during this prolonged youth that the doctor distilled hundreds of powerful hormones. Uh, he kept... Man, this is written horribly. Fuck this. Um... It was during this prolonged youth that the doctor distilled hundreds of powerful hormones that, along with keeping him unaging, were capable of many other things, from causing people to grow younger or older, fatter or thinner, grow and lose weight, uh, change bodily form, and other extreme changes. Um, and you said... What did you say? Real. Fake? Oh, real. you said real? That is real, sir. Oh, at least I got one point. You did get one. So it brings you up to a grand total Two of... Point. Two points. Um, this next one, I'm, I, I'm really proud that I found this one. Rose Redder, uh, DC 1993. Okay. Formerly one of Star Lab's genius botanists, uh, Jennifer Lyle was influenced by Poison Ivy's belief that plants are greater than humans. She developed quick-growing blood roses to disper va disperse vaccines to third-world countries, but instead used them to infect Metropolis with a mixture of the world's worst diseases. Mm -hmm. um, what would her powers be? Rose Redder. Oh, well, she's obviously real. DC 1993. Mm -hmm. Now, her powers, you said she made plants that, that had diseases. Okay. Put them all over Metropolis. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to guess she controls plants. Okay. So, why do you say she's obviously real? I think I remember her from Superman. Okay. Okay. So, this I, is your memory that you're going off I think of. so. I think, okay. I think that was... She was in a comic around that time. All right. So I'm going to say real and kind of controls plants or she can make plants or she has a plant. <laughs> <laughs> She just owns a plant yeah, or two. She, you know, she's driven by a, a plant store. <laughs> so Rose Redder is an intelligent strateg a strategist. A strategist. I want to pronounce it strategist okay. from now on. Whatever. 
Uh, Rose Redder is an intelligent strategist, botanist, and expert in vaccine delivery systems. Her blood roses merged with her body, allowing her to disperse the virus at will. Superman stopped her evil plan and got her psychiatric help. Miss Lyle has since returned to her work at Star Labs. And you said, real? Real. She's sick as shit, bro. Well, I got one point. It's Valentine's. It's so hard to give it to you. It's Valentine's. She technically just disperses the virus. You know what? Okay, bro. It says she makes, she disperses no, you the know blood what? roses. She's you got, got it, bro. You got right, it. All right. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. She disperses it via helicopter and a machine gun, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so three points. We'll give it to okay. you. Three points. This last one, I think you'll like a lot. Okay. Uh, X-Terminator. So mm-hmm. X-Terminator. Mm-hmm. Marvel 2008. Mm-hmm. X-Terminator appeared in only one issue of Punisher Max by Garth Ennis. A news story of the Punisher's recent crime spree gave Natalie Harris the idea to do the same thing in the sexually aggressive underground of Orlando, Florida. She picks her victims by speaking to the prostitutes and drug addicts on the street and hearing their stories of abuse at the hands of Johns. X-Terminator. X-Terminator. Does she have a power? Um, She's a fan of the Punisher and she's emulating the Punisher... No, she doesn't have power. She's just guns and weapons and okay. karate killing people. Uh, and I think she's... There was an exterminator in X-Men. But that's it's not the same at all. That would have been like late 90s. Okay. Um, fuck. I know that there was a female Punisher character at one point. I'm going to say real... I'm just going to go. I'm going to let it let it flow and say real. Okay. So, uh, X-Terminator carries a taser, brass knuckles, and a lead pipe. She's also quite limber, having studied dance for a number of years. She's quick and uses her tools to incapacitate rough-handed solicitors. X-Terminator chemically castrates these men and leaves them in public areas, unconscious with an empty IV bag full of drugs attached to their arm. Wow. Yeah, fucking, that's some good writing right there. Hardcore. Yeah. So is that fake or real? I said real. You said real? That's fake, dude. Should have gone my gut on that one. You should (laughs) have. Damn, man. Three, four points. I absolutely love playing this with you. I do too. um, Because (laughs) the the looks on your face, uh, just, it's like watching a monkey try to figure something out. But I did the same thing oh, to you. I did the same thing to you with with my game. Man, no, no. The range, the range that you go through, it, you, it's yeah, amazing. And, and it was so much, so funny to see you get upset. You're just like, but that, but that's real. Oh, no. So, so I just want to point something out. If you're going to make fun of me for that, okay. I believe that was episode four. What episode are we on, sir? What episode is this? Thirty-four. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yeah. So I'm going to do another one. You keep saying that. I got to get keep saying time. that. Uh, so, that was from the Halls of Obscurity. If you liked what you heard, you can go online to longboxsmalltalk.com yep. and play the home version. Yep. And uh, I don't know if I've ever said it before, but usually I'll add these characters uh, to the ongoing okay. list. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's, it's an ever-growing game. Um, so, I think right now we have 45 characters, uh, both real and fake, on, on, our, on our game. And uh, <laughs> this is five more. So and you can go play that at longboxsmalltalk.com. You can follow us on Twitter at longboxsmall, Instagram at longboxsmalltalk. Um, Bill, anything? I don't know. You know, just keep on keeping on. Take a walk. Yeah. Enjoy life. <laughs> and if you got somebody, kiss them or hug them today. That's right, man. Yeah. 
That's all it's all about. Just give him a hug and a kiss. Make some dinner for him. That's what I got to go do. And uh, enjoy. You know, just 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 enjoying life here at LST. Life's short, man. Life's short. Get off. <laughs> what a, I love the way we end shit. It's so good. It's so good. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, for Longbox Small Talk, this is Rodney. I'm Bill. And we'll see you next issue. Imagine McConaughey and beef. It's in your mouth. That's right. <laughs> All right. Go sell some Lincolns, you asshole. <laughs> the podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.